0: Well, happy Thursday to you. Thanks for being part of this morning's uh, devotion. Uh, We're talking about the rich young rulers in Luke 18. It's the passage that we talked about this past Sunday. Uh, And as the disciples watched everything unfold, and as this man turns and walks away, which has to be one of the saddest moments in all of the New Testament, this man's invited to become a disciple And he does the math in his head. And with all his stuff and all his uh, obligations and resources, he realizes it just doesn't add up for him. So he doesn't follow Jesus. When he walks away, Jesus said, how hard it is for people who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, I cannot tell you the number of pages that have been written in commentaries and theological journals about what it means for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, there are some who said this was a, a, uh, a special gate in the wall of Jerusalem called the eye of the needle, and it was a small triangular gate uh, where people could get in kind of one at a time. You could get your camel through it, uh, or your donkey through it. But you had to take everything off of uh, the donkey or the camel. You had to get them to get down on their all-fours and then shimmy through this opening. And then when I got on the other side of, of the gate, then you can reload it. The, the image is you can't get through the eye of the needle carrying all of your possessions. It is a beautiful way uh, to understand this passage. We've talked about it and, uh, you know, Preachers have preached it for years. But here's what we're beginning to understand this passage. That's not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was literally saying, it's easier for you to get a sewing needle and press a camel through the eye of that sewing needle than it is for a wealthy person to get into heaven. Now see, the thing about the gate called the eye of the needle, is that it was possible. It was difficult, but it was possible. uh, Jesus says it's impossible for us to do it. It's only possible with God. Do you see what he said? With man, this is impossible. You can't do this by yourself. If you're going to choose that your life is going to be blessed, motivated, uh, giving meaning and direction by the, the, the rewards of this world, by stuff, that it's important to you to have this car, that house, uh, that job, that office, this amount of money in the bank, on and on, the list goes, so that everybody in the world says you're successful, then it will be impossible for you to be uh, uh, in relationship with God and to find your place in the kingdom of God if that is your goal. Okay? It doesn't go there. Now there's another time that that Luke uses this phrase almost verbatim. You know when it is? It's when the angel talks to Mary. Mary says, uh, "The angel says you're going to have a baby." And Mary says, "Wait a minute! Whoa! I haven't I haven't been with any man. How in the world am I going to have a baby?" And Gabriel says, "What's impossible with men is possible with God." Same thing. The new birth that would happen in Mary, the new birth that happens in all of us who follow Christ is impossible without God's Spirit, without the love and the redemption of Christ. And you can't do it with a bunch of stuff. It's only, I I tell you this all the time, Uh, the word glory uh, is the word for weight, the, the same thing. And weight means mass. Mass means gravity, okay? And you have to have a certain amount of gravity to hold the universe in its orbit. The sun has to have a certain amount of gravity to hold the planets in its orbit. Uh, And um, you'll hear all the time about a a meteor that got uh, too close to this planet or came around here and was captured by this planet's gravity and was pulled into that planet. The moon is held in its place by the gravity of Earth. Same thing, God's glory is the only thing that has the weight and mass, the gravity to hold everything else in its orbit. If you have anything else or anyone else in the center of your universe, They're not strong enough to hold the rest of your life in its proper orbit. Only God can do that. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not saying whether it's right to have stuff or not have stuff. That misses the question. And a lot of us want to argue, well, if you really want to love Jesus, then you can't have stuff. That's not what Jesus is saying. And let's be honest. There have been a lot of good things done by wealthy people, right? Hospitals have been built. Churches have been built. Universities have been built. Uh, scholarships have been given. Uh, on and on the list goes. Hungry have been fed, all because people who had the means were generous with those means, faithful with those means, and good things happened. The question is not whether or not you have stuff. Don't get hung up on that, okay? Here it is. Are you focused on serving God? Is he the center of your universe? Is he the one holding everything else? You see, if God is in the center, then everything holds in place, including your life, your marriage, your parenting, your relationships, your money. See, you can have $10 and have a sorry attitude about money and be just as disobedient as a person who has a million dollars. Okay, Is God the center of your life? That's the only way it's possible. So the question that we're going to ask today is not run, check your checkbook and see if you have money or not. It's check your soul and see who is at the center. If it's anybody or anything but God, it's not going to hold together. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Get started. Check. Only God is strong enough with the gravity of His glory to hold everything and everyone in His place. Think about this, and I'll see you tomorrow.